You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. This month, we've been talking about visibility. So we did the more general. And last week, we had a great conversation on creating video. So of course, we have to talk about creating content and really just creating, right? Because if we want to be out there, we have to make stuff. Anyway, I've got a wonderful panel today. One of the reasons I love my show is I get to bring together people I haven't seen in forever and people who I only know on Twitter. And we have both of those today and John Moore. So we have all three today. So <laughs> Rick Broida is like deal master. I know we call him my deal secrets and he is a hack editor and writer and does a lot of fun side hustly things. And we also have Erica Health, and Erica and I have, she's the one I've never met before, but we are twin, we are friends via the Twitter sphere. And John Moore, the asset, is he just knows all the things when it comes to tech and events and backstagey cool things. So, um, and they all view content from a different way, which is what I like when I bring my people together. So I am going to invite them. I'd say to introduce themselves better, but actually it's more like to introduce themselves because <laughs> all I said was, okay, meet my friends. They're cool. So Rick, welcome. Uh, please introduce yourself and say what it is that you love about creating so much. Thank you very much, Deb. Uh, I am Rick Broida, and uh, for most of my professional life, I have been a freelance technology writer, although uh, in more recent years, I was full-time at CNET, where I've been writing under the uh, nom de blog, uh, the cheapskate, uh, where I was serving up kind of daily deals and money-saving tips uh, to readers on CNET and via newsletter and via Twitter and so forth. And uh, it's, like I said, I was about 14 years of that. And this past spring, um, call it post-pandemic burnout, call it midlife crisis, um, I just kind of hit a wall and just decided it's time for me to go. And like an insane person, I walked away from a cushy job that I could do in my sleep and um, to to try to do something a little <laughs> a little different, which turned out to be kind of like the same. But anyway, that's where I am right now. And I'm happy to tell you more about, about what's currently going on with me uh, a little later on. That's perfect. And the other thing that I should mention is Rick was one of my guests on the first version of my podcast back when I was doing the Guided Goals podcast. So I will certainly link to that 
in or and or embed um, in the show notes, which you can find at thedevmethod.com slash blog. So Rick, great to see you. Looking forward to talking more about the adventures of you. <laughs> and Erica and Cooper, Cooper. welcome. I'm it's sorry. Cooper. Kupo the baby. I'm a oh, gamer, Kupo. as you can tell by all the toys in my office. And he is named after the Moogles in Final Fantasy. They only say one word, and that one word is Kupo. And it can mean hello, and it can mean friend, and it can mean all of these things. And for me, it's my little Frenchie. So it's Kupo. Excellent. So... so Erica, oh, is that your intro? Okay, we're good now. Uh, please share a little bit, a little bit more because we met. You lead the content chat, and we met through, I believe, our friend Madeline Clark, Twitter Smarter Chat, because the chat world is just—it's its, it's just like the marketing world in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is where I lived until two years ago uh, when I moved out to Sacramento. Um, so I always say that I'm a recovering journalist because I did go to journalism school and I had some journalism jobs and very quickly as a San Franciscan realized that's a fantastic way to uh, not ever be able to pay your rent and eat food in the same month. So I very quickly started doing content for companies. So before it was called content marketing, I was, you know, interviewing people writing up things like, here's what cool stuff you should do in San Francisco when you're here for this trade show and event and, and all of that. And that, you know, became now today I work, um, I have my own consultancy and I do content strategy, social strategy, and ghostwriting for executives, um, primarily in enterprise technology space. Fantastic. And you have a side hustle as well. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, well, everybody knows you're kind of like lost. So we'll we'll do the side hustle question next. Let, let's um, let's welcome John more. John, great to see you. Thanks. So, John, tell us about yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, I would I've always considered myself a jack of all trades, master of some. Uh, for the longest time, my website was as vague as possible because it meant that any client could sort of reach out and think, mm, is this a good fit for me? Is this a good guy that can help me? And since I hadn't pigeonholed myself down, often if I needed to learn something, I'm very, very good at being able to pick up new things. So I'm always testing new platforms out, uh, trying them for a month or two, and sort of trying to figure out if they're a good fit of a platform to put in my toolbox to then offer to clients as a recommendation for them. So what I love doing is sitting down with clients or, or prospective clients and anyone really, and just learning what sort of tools they use on a monthly basis, figuring out, uh, you know, if they're optimizing those tools, there might be some things that they feel they have to pay for uh, because everyone else pays for them, <coughs> Zoom. But, you know, there's all these other, there's all these other alternatives that you, that are, that are out there. And so I help sort of help people find things that will work better for them and also things that will be automated as well so they can continue to focus on the things that they do best, which is selling themselves and selling their products and let the rest of the rest of the process sort of run themselves. And I right. love it, so. And so for creating, you need the tools and why not make your life easier? Exactly, and there's so many tools out there as well that will let you, um, uh, 
communicate things in a in a more unique way as well. Uh, you don't have to use the sort of traditional type of things depending on on what your business is. Another email newsletter might not be the best fit for what you do. You know, I'm so glad you mentioned that because everybody says newsletter, 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 and I put mine on hiatus in November just because I was bored of getting so much email. I did not want to contribute to the problem. Um, but that's probably a little bit longer of a tangent. We'll come back to that. Do you side hustle or is your entire life a side hustle? Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. I really think that my my entire life is more or less a side hustle. I'm always shifting and changing what I'm doing every month. Uh, I, I often find uh, if I've got, I, I think kind of like Rick, where he said that you know he 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 walked away from something really comfortable. I love diving into things that are uncomfortable and taking on new clients and new work that is something I really haven't done before because that gives me an excuse to learn something new and to add something new to my toolbox. Right. And if there's anything we've learned in the last year is there's extra bonus time to learn new things. So why not learn the new things? So in Erica, I promised you could share your side hustle. So um, about five years ago, I was finally diagnosed with having a wheat allergy. And as somebody who is a lifelong baker, that was horrifying because my first thought was, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to relearn how to do everything. And instead of having that just be this terrible disappointment, I turned it into Erica's Gluten-Free Kitchen, which is a blog um, that focuses on gluten-free baking, and also on IBS-friendly food, so low FODMAP um, diet food, because that's something that I found that, you know, it wasn't just the wheat that was giving me digestive issues. It was also stuff like garlic and onions. So I really threw myself into it and created this whole other side business to help other people, um, other Gen Xers who like tasty food, um, but also like to not feel like they're going to die because they ate tasty food. Wow, that that's that mission is a mouthful, but very important and really goes to prove that the things that you love when you create, see how I got back to the theme, you can create the things to help other people and also learn new things yourself. Exactly. And that's so rewarding. And Rick, your turn. Share <laughs> side hustle share time. Okay, so uh, as you mentioned, um, once upon a time, I ran an escape room in downtown Detroit. It was a zombie-themed live-action escape room. It was the real deal. Uh, I did that for a couple of years um, and decided it was just kind of too much for me to, to manage alongside my, my full-time other writing job. But um, I really was enamored of the idea of this experience where people are working together and solving puzzles and so forth. And so I kind of pivoted into a side hustle of mobile um, kind of pop-up escape games for, for corporations, for, for team building. And so um, I have a couple of games that I will take to basically any companies like on-site or um, you know, any function that they're having. And this can work for anywhere from 15 people on up to 50 people. It's a great big group game. And it's just, um, it, it's fun for me to do because again, I try to make it uh, as thematic as possible. So this is actually a, <clears throat> excuse me, a pirate themed uh, experience. And I, uh, <laughs> I dress up like a pirate, um, but I talk with a Russian accent for reasons that defy logic. 
Um, but just to get everybody kind of laughing and having a good time. And um, so I, I had to sort of put that on hold for obvious reasons uh, for the last 18 months or so, but it's starting to come back now. And that's good because I, I really want to spend more time on that uh, now that I've really dialed back the, the writing. Um, I, I just cannot sit at my computer all day, every day, any longer. Um, my, I'll just get it out of the way right now. My goal is to get out of the house uh, and like interact with people in whatever capacity I can. And this is going to help me to do that. Oh, I love that. And this clearly was not planned because of the pirate thing. Did you know that now we're filming this? It's September 20th, September 19th. Was talk like a pirate game? Did you? Was talk like I did know that. I did actually know that. Did, um, yeah. Did I, you celebrate? No, well, uh, yeah, by myself <laughs> in my house alone uh, because you know my wife's at work and my kids are gone, and so it's just me talking like a pirate to myself. So <laughs> that's so sad. Well, today you get to talk to at least three other people, so you're welcome. Thank you. And and, and so part of creation in in Again, it's creating content, but it's really creating. What is it? What is the, this sounds like the silliest question, but what is the value of creating content? Erica, do you want to jump in? Well, I mean, the value is being able to connect with another human being and either to teach them something, to help them with something that's been a struggle for them, or, you know, to make them laugh. So just to me, value of creating content is that connection with another human being. Love it. Connection, make content. Sounds good to me. What do you think, Rick? Uh, for me, it's just about kind of being of service. Uh, and sorry if that sounds a little, uh, a little cliche. Um, but when I was, you know, all the years I was writing as the cheapskate, providing uh, deals to people and ways to save money, I, it really struck a chord. Um, people would would send me the kind the nicest notes. You know, I, I you've saved me so much money over the years. Um, you've also made me spend money that I probably shouldn't have. But um, <laughs> it was just really really gratifying that the stuff that I was writing about, which was just kind of fun for me to do, was being of value to people. And so I, I just I really love the fact that that the content that I create can be of of help uh, to people. Just in in this case, saving money. I, I love that. And so the D and the death method is determine your mission. So I'm totally with you on that. When you start with knowing the why behind you do things, whether it is to inform, to educate, to entertain, to save money, or what have you, it, I think it really brings fuel to whatever it is that you are putting out into the world. Uh, John, do you have a thought on the why of creation? Yeah, and I was gonna. I think that it that that both Erica and and Rick sort of have that same uh, that same um, that same message. I love how Erica said that you know it's about making someone smile or making someone laugh. That's a really great that's a really great message to have. I think that people often take content to be very, very serious, and uh, so many people use whatever platforms they're using to share their content as a way to sell their products, so as a way to sell their services. And I take it the other way. I feel that that's a, that's a pretty disingenuous way to be creating content. I, feel, I personally feel that content should be a way for you to share your passion. I love doing what I do. And if I could give it, if I, if I could just not work 
and just, you know, get paid by some random Patreon who, who loved me and I could just, uh, you know, um, uh, spool out free stuff for people to be able to consume, to get better, to be able to sort of make their businesses look better and make the, the work that they do more accessible to other people, I would. And I think that that's all about that demonstrating higher value. You want to be a leader in your space and, and, and you do that by, by, um, you know, by giving stuff away and by just helping other people succeed because then when they're looking for anyone's looking for some help or anyone's looking for something, they're just going to refer you on and, and say, and you know, they know how genuine you are. So. So you've got that, the P word passion, which I think should drive everything. Did you always, well, I can't say, did you always know you love tech tools? Because come on, I think we're, we're, we're all generation X E ish, right. In this conversation. And a lot of the things that we do today did not exist. And we were, in school, but did you always love the tools and the gadgets? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, um, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to, to, to. I always love um, uh, admitting that I never graduated university because I went to university in the late '90s, uh, you know, '96, '97, '98, and uh, and the stuff that you know I was doing digital film in 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 high school because I had access to an awesome digital suite through where my dad worked. And then having being forced into having to pay for a 16 millimeter and eight millimeter when I went to film school felt like this huge step back. And so I just sort of, you know, I lasted a couple of years and, was, and then I just went straight into making, uh, you know, making movies on my Mac, you know, and was like, this is this is where I'm going from now. I don't need this. And uh, and I never look back. So that's wonderful. I love that. And, and what about you, Erica? Did you always know that you liked? the words? I did. And the technology. And I think that that's kind of been um, fascinating because I have very clear memories of using um, not my TI-994A computer, but my Commodore 64. <laughs> so you program in basic to create an interface so that when my friends came over and we played store, I made them type into the computer what it is that they wanted to purchase. So yes, all of the things. I was bossy, I loved the words, and I loved the technology. And so um, it's hilarious to me that I was able to combine all of those things into doing content strategy primarily uh, for technology companies. I cannot love that story more. And Rick, what about you? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to gauge everyone's age here. And Eric, I cannot believe you're old enough to have owned a, a TI. No, no, no way. Uh, but nevertheless, um, a, a quick tool story. Um, years back, everyone here is old enough to remember the Palm Pilot, correct? Oh, yes. uh, so when the Palm Pilot first came out, I, I just light bulb moment like this, this thing needs to have a newsletter, like an actual print newsletter that people get. That's how people used to consume things. Um, and so I decided to, to launch this, this Palm Pilot newsletter and I had PageMaker uh, at the time, which I had sort of cut my bones on a little bit. And um, I loved that program. I loved the process of assembling everything together, writing the content, putting it together with graphics, the layout, the whole thing of it. And so for me, it was just like the tool made the work fun. It just, it tapped into something that I didn't even know I liked. Uh, before that, it was just writing. And so this having this tool available to me, uh, I don't think I was ever happier creatively than when I was doing that. Did I answer your question at all, Deb? I feel like I 
kind of got off track. <laughs> no, I think you did. And you're giving me flashbacks because one of my early jobs was doing events for Barnes and Noble. And when I started working, uh, I started at one store and then transferred over to Chomberg to do events for them and way too much information for the story. But the point is my first week they said, Deb, the newsletter's late. And I sat in Kinko's for two days learning PageMaker to write that first newsletter I did for the store. So yeah. I, I'm just having those, those flashback moments. So yes, you answered the question and you made me remember like that feeling of learning and discovering, which I think really goes back into where the time in which we live right now. We don't know how to do something. We have Google, we have YouTube, we have, we have people who know things. So basically anything we want to do, create, bring into our lives, we're just either two degrees or one Google search away from learning. Yeah, that that's true. And it's remarkable. Um, I, I try to let my kid give my kids some appreciation for how incredibly easy it is to do to learn anything now, because 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was the, the library. You go to the library and maybe you'd find some help. But it's just remarkable what we have access to now. <laughs> The library. Yes. Can you imagine <laughs> if we, well, if we did not have technology, everybody would be going nuts. I mean, people are still, you know. Well, if we didn't have technology, we wouldn't know what we were missing. And I think that, I mean, I remember when I was growing up with that, you know, obviously I was pretty young when the internet came out. I think I was in university when I got, I got my first high speed and never had a cable, cable TV package after that. Um, but uh, yeah, it was sort of, as things came out, even as much as we dreamed what would be a, what would be possible, uh, we, I was continually surprised at, at the things that were coming out and just, con and I still am, I'm still always excited knowing that, you know, in another five, 10 years, things that are gonna keep on coming out are gonna keep surprising me. And that's what keeps me, you know, really happy and, and excited about seeing what, what what's, what's around the corner. And so Erica, what inspired your Twitter chat? You know, it's interesting. It was one of those things where I'd been part of the content chat community for a number of years. I'd been a guest a few times and um, I had just quit my job at a very prominent um, PR agency where I had been hired to build out their content, um, their content studio function. And I was launching my own consultancy. So I actually had some time and um, the woman who had been running the chat um, had just run out of steam and run out of time. And I raised my hand and I said, you know, this is probably crazy of me to do this, but I'll take it over, you know, as long as everybody will help me out here. And that was five years ago. And so literally I launched my consultancy and took over the Twitter chat and just kept running ahead. And for me, I just love starting off every Monday talking to a bunch of other content people and, you know, hearing what everyone's working on and whatever the cool new tool is folks are using or, you know, just getting that perspective. Um, so for me, it's the best way to start the week off. Yes. Well, and, and so I do the running start on Sunday nights. When I, when I was originally starting my chat, which started at the beginning of 2018, and, and I love when I think I got Gold Chat, like either in 2013 or 2015. So that's it was at least three years before I was thinking about it, before I started it. 
but it's a way to bring your community together once a week. And this is one of my pandemic projects. This show started April 2020 as the natural progression. So um, in Rick, so what, where did the escape roomy thing come from? Oh my gosh, the the actual escape room that I used to operate? Yeah, what what brought that from Mr. Deal Guy? How did that creation come into Yeah, life? so that that was um <laughs> Okay, so I'll give you this I'll make this as concise as humanly possible. Uh, I actually wrote a little uh, a little tiny biography about this experience, um autobiography, I guess. Um so back in the early early days of escape rooms before most people knew what they were, uh, I, I was with my daughter, who was probably 12 or 13 at the time, in Chicago, and we were looking for something to do. And on TripAdvisor, one of the top-rated things to do in Chicago was something called Trapped in a Room with a Zombie. And I thought, well, that sounds kind of interesting. And reading the description, it sounded kind of cool. And then looking at all the like five-star glowing reviews from top to bottom. And anyway, we went and did this thing. And again, it has a, there's a live zombie in the room who every five minutes gets another foot of chain. And by the end of the hour, if you haven't figured out how to escape the room, the zombie gets to eat you. And I just thought this was the most brilliant and fun and cool thing I had ever seen. And so the next day I reached out to the owner and I said, look, if you're ever interested in bringing this to Detroit, I, I wanna be involved in some way or another. Um, keeping in mind, I had never done anything entrepreneurial like this ever. Um, I was only, you know, writer guy, stay at home guy. Anyway, five months later, we opened in downtown Detroit um, and it just, and, and it went from there. So it was just a, it was a, it was just a random thing that, that turned into a, a, a side hustle uh, that was just the most amazing experience. And, and the, the, the takeaway I always like to give people from that is just to just, it never hurts to ask. I mean, I just called this guy out, out, up, out of the blue. He should never have given me a, this, this franchise opportunity because I didn't know what I was doing, but he did and it was great. And uh, you don't take the, you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take, right? Absolutely. I, I love that. When, when you don't ask the answers now and you never know. Yeah. Fantastic. And so John, you do like, again, your entire life is a side hustle. We've already determined that, but you show up back ending at events all the time. So is that your main thing or is that your side hustle thing? Where do we yeah, find that's the balance a, of you? That's a, that's a great that's a great question. And that sort of leads into a little bit of my history. So for the longest time when I sort of left the corporate world, I was really struggling with a ton of mental health stuff. And so I was really only able to work about 20 hours a week. So I was I was um I was I was doing 20 hours a week of work, and then I'd fill the remainder of the 20 hours a week with volunteer work. And so that was the way that I was able to feel normally productive, but still have the opportunity to kind of take days off when I needed to, because the volunteer work was fairly casual without a lot of you know deadlines and, and expectations. And then as I slowly start to get a handle on uh, the mental health stuff and feeling better about myself and just feeling more confident in the work that I did, uh, I started to figure, try to figure out a way that I could spool in the the the, the passion or the joy or the, the the part of the the volunteer work that I enjoyed with uh, more work and uh, with more more work endeavors. And so that's most of the events and the networks that I help back end in terms of helping them with their tech. Um, basically, gets me in front of a whole new audience of people that are interested in the work that I do. 
and uh, and sort of just just provides me with uh, a, a basically essentially what ends up being a free audience of people that are all really eager to uh, to soak up uh, the stuff that I have to share. Oh, that's a great story, and thank you for sharing that. It's really, it, first of all, I love the self awareness of how you had to rebalance your life, but I also really love that you feel comfortable sharing that with us. So thank you. And it really is a good lesson. I think what everybody's talking about is you have the things that you love that you've got the radar up for. So when opportunities come your way, I think that's a huge part of creating because you have to have your eyes open to see what's going on and where you're going, which is, again, big fan of the mission. When you know your mission, whatever it is in life, then you can assess those, those uh, opportunities and decide which ones to go for. And some of it is just to have, I mean, I'd say just to have fun. To have fun is a really good reason to pursue something. And you all love your side slash main slash whatever hustles, which is fantastic. And I kind of asked this before, but since I said we're talking about creating content, I feel like I should ask it as the specific question. But what content do you create? So, Rick? So, right now, um, I'm creating a little bit of deal content for uh, Yahoo. Um, as I mentioned, when I left CNET, I was really burned out and wanted to do something different. And then Yahoo came along and offered me a job doing more or less the same thing. Uh, but I have since sort of scaled that back. And so, my, my the, the, in addition to the um, escape game stuff that I'm trying to um, get back into, the content I'm creating right now is just my own thing. And it's, and it's sorry, Deb, it's another newsletter. <laughs> I have no problem with newsletters. <laughs> I just have that whole push-pull because I know I should take my newsletter out of retirement. I do have subscribers out of hiatus. Hiatus is a better word <laughs> retirement. Yes. But... Oh my goodness! I I was on a tear the other the other day where I unsubscribed to like twenty newsletters that I have absolutely no idea how I got there, and I never want to be that person that people unsubscribe from. So, what is this newsletter? Can you tell us? Right. So it's called Deal Secrets, and it was kind of an, a, an attempt uh, to to take at least some of my CNET readership with me, uh, which I succeeded in doing a little fractional uh, way. Uh, but I just, I, I always wanted to just kind of do, have this, doing this deal stuff, my own, my own thing, uh, rather than just like, you know, <laughs> sending, uh, lots of affiliate revenue to CNET or to Yahoo or whomever. I just thought, okay, I, I want to have my own thing. And so I've been doing this for about two months now, and I'm actually using Twitter's, um, a newly acquired, uh, newsletter tool, which is called review, uh, which is pretty good in many ways. It's very novice friendly and, and simplistic. Um, it has a few kinks that need to be worked out, but as a newsletter generation tool, it works very well and has been uh, pretty great for me. Um, and, and that's it. I, I'm doing this once a week right now. It was really just kind of like a proof of concept. Is this something that people would be interested in? Would the, would the readership be good? Um, and you know, what kind of feedback? And so far, it's it's been great. I have like, uh, on average, about a seventy percent open rate, which is kind of unheard of, and very excited by that. Um, making almost zero money doing it, but um, you know, it, it it's there for now, and so that's that's my big content creation thing right now. 
Excellent. And so do you have a link so people can sign up? Uh, I do. I actually sent that to you in the private chat. I don't know if there's any easy way to make that public or if I. Oh, is that that's the link that that we put up before? Uh, that is the one. I know it's not very sexy uh, <laughs> at some point, but um, if you if you were to search for deal secrets online and maybe my name, you'd I would probably find that pretty easily. Like I said, I, I have really just been tiptoeing into this, so I don't I don't have a, a great uh, short link or or even a web page to to drive to. But it will be in the recap, and you will have one more subscriber me by the end of the day. Because I and, love and my deals. You, you guys, you guys also. Yeah. Okay, so you'll have three more subscribers yeah, at least see, by the end. That's how we do it. That's how day. we guerrilla market our way to success. Right. Oh, and while you're one welcome. video podcast at a time, one <laughs> podcast at a time. That's that's three more. That's huge. Woohoo! And so, John, what are you creating right now? Uh, so great question. Um, I'm actually not creating a lot of stuff for myself right now. I'm just helping other clients that have a lot of content to share. And so that's what I'm really enjoying is that I, I, I actually, one of the, one of the spaces that I sort of uh, have, have lent into is the nonprofit space because that was sort of associated with a lot of the, the volunteer work I did. A lot of the, the organizations that I volunteered with now pay me to do uh, to sort of work with them because they already know me and they already know the kind of work that I can do. And so it's pretty interesting. I've really been excited about this conversation because you keep on mentioning things that are awesome segues into what I want to sort of talk about next. So I'm just sort of waiting to stick my hand up uh, just so I can talk about uh, a, a sort of two aspects. Uh, one I wanted to say is that uh, I think content really should be, a, you should have fun making your content. And I think that that's something that people don't really understand or or grasp. It shouldn't be a job. It should be something that you're enjoying. The job can follow and can be attached to whatever the content is, but the actual creation of the content should be something that you find fun. Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention briefly about newsletters is that I uh, sort of stumbled across what I what I consider like my mini secret to newsletters, which I, I'm excited to share with everyone. Which is that I've yeah, which I found that you <laughs> when you give people the option to sign up for a newsletter, you also give them the option to sign up for a quarterly uh, or a, or even an annually newsletter. Right from the beginning, you don't have to sort of say when they click, click on unsubscribe, say, hey, before you go, would you rather this? Right from the beginning, giving someone a quarterly newsletter, I find that I get the most amount of opens from, from emails from the quarterlies because they, they come in enough that people remember who you are. The, the yearlies are sometimes people, oh, who's that guy again? But the quarterlies, you can also uh, craft them in a way that you're, you're referring to previous content that you shared in the weekly or the monthlies. Um, and so it might be stale in terms of its, its effectiveness, but, it's, but the, the content or the way that it was excitedly shared by you in the past carries on into those quarterlies. So people see it, and I've often gotten emails from, from, you know, when I've set this up for clients, they get like an email coming in from someone saying, oh, I was just thinking about you the other day. And now your email came in. Uh, you know, I'd love to talk more about XYZ that you mentioned. So you can make the quarterlies uh, uh, around something business related. If it's a business related, like, a, you know, business segments of the year, you can make it a seasonal sort of uh, content. But it, it gives you, it gives people the opportunity to sort of make content that is a little bit is structured a little bit differently that's great really good tip and i thank you 
And I'm going to ask the tools question next, so be ready. But first, I want to go to Erica uh, to please share what your what content you're working on right now. What are you sure. creating? Um, well, in the past week, I've mostly created PowerPoints because I just I just recorded my marketing prof session for their conference um, that's being held next month. And then I just finished my deck for Content Marketing World, which I'm speaking at in person next week, which is the first in-person conference I have been to since 2019. Woo, I'm so excited. Uh, so I've been creating PowerPoints and templates to go with the PowerPoint so that people can actually listen to me and ask questions instead of trying to scribble down everything I say and to draw examples of all of the ways in which I, you know, explain how to do things. So mostly I've been doing PowerPoints, um, but outside of that, I've been doing a ton of blog content, working on a course. And for the blog, I want to do some video, but I've just been you know, it's just been one thing after another this year. And so the video project keeps being put on the back burner, but it's going to be something that I'm finally going to work on for realsies. Wonderful. So we've got video as your goal and Rick's goal is to get outside the house and we will get, I'm sure John will accidentally or on purpose share a goal at some point as well. And uh, I'm going to go to you first on this question because John's chomping at the bit. What are your favorite <laughs> tools and platforms for creating, producing, and distributing content? Go. Oh, yeah. I'm all about this. I mean, I'm all about the AppSumo lifestyle. Uh, and I'm always surprised when I run into new entrepreneur or inter entrepreneurs and business owners in general that are not familiar with AppSumo. But it's a platform where you can basically go and buy lifetime deals on things. And they've got a 60-day, two-month return policy. You can you can return anything you like, no questions asked. And they're super good about it. You get it immediately. Uh, and so I use that to test a lot of platforms. Uh, something um, something that, that, I'm, that I've really been enjoying is something called Dub. Uh, dubb.com. Um, it is a it is a it is a, a video sharing tool that also embeds in emails and in uh, and in LinkedIn messages, and uh, it's really clever the way that it's organized uh, because it lets you it lets you mix evergreen content with personalized content. Uh, so, for example, if I send a client four videos, three of them can be evergreen, and then the fourth one I refer to them by name, and then they think that every all the videos are are um, are recorded expressly for them, and uh, it's just got a bunch of great tracking. Um, um, uh, analytics in the back end. It's got click throughs. It's got everything that you you can even prompt people to uh, send videos back to you as as as, uh, as responses to your messages and uh, and start chats within within their uh, platform. And the team that's behind it is just continually doing what I like to do, which is pumping out tons of awesome, passionate, free content. Uh, yeah. Nice. Well, I, I also have goals to do more video messaging, so I will check that out as well. What about you, Rick? Do you have a, I know you mentioned the Twitter newsletter mm -hmm. that you've been playing with. Anything else that we must know about? Um, well, there's one tool that I have found really useful of late. Um, you know, a lot of times the the deal posts, you know, require, well, they always require artwork. Uh, so when you want to take a product shot and drop it onto like a nice colorful background or whatever, you need a way to remove the background 
uh, from that image. And uh, I am, I've never been good at, <laughs> I know what I said about PageMaker, but I've never been good at Photoshop uh, and I'm still not. But I did find that um, Adobe has an online tool called um, Adobe Spark, which for the moment is free and will let you uh, remove the background from just about any, any image with like one click. And it's um, it doesn't work flawlessly all the time, but it does work well a lot of the time. And so um, that's just been a, a real asset to me. I know there's a ton of tools out there that can remove background images, but a lot of them cost money and I am still the cheapskate in my blood. So free is free is better. And to double click on that as well, uh, Spark is also available on mobile as well. So if you're if you're if you're generating a lot of content on the go, as a lot of us are now, uh, it gives you the opportunity to do that too. Nice. Thanks for for double clicking. I love that we're all techie here. Uh, Erica, what about you? What are some of your favorite tools? And even before that question, are we allowed to say PowerPoint, or does that age us? Are we supposed to call them decks? <laughs> Um, well, in these cases, they're actual PowerPoints because I use beautiful.ai in order to generate the look and feel of everything. And then I had to put them into um, PowerPoint templates that the conference um, organizers sent. So they are legit PowerPoints. I use, you know, other things usually. Um, but if I'm sent a PowerPoint slide template, I will use it. Um, now, now you said beautiful AI. Mm -hmm. what, tell us about that. Um, Beautiful.ai is basically a way for non-designer people who are being forced to create presentation decks to have things remain balanced and, pro you know, properly aligned and, you know, look like you actually knew what you were doing or were using a template. So it's just a really fantastic tool. Um, I would have lost my mind creating my content marketing world deck without it because just things like getting things aligned properly. I have an eye for seeing things are misaligned. I do not have a good eye for figuring out where I should actually put everything. That is not my strong set. I can write you a paragraph about where it should be, but I cannot necessarily get things how I want them. Thing, something, Erica, that you might find uh, something interesting to take a look at. It's a platform that's been around for a while, but it has sort of picked up a bit of speed again a little in the past. It's something called Prezi, mm -hmm. and it sort of mm -hmm. lets you design animated decks. Uh, you can you can turn them into videos and then use them for video content as well. So you're saying you wanted to get it to the video content. Uh, that would sort of give you as a stepping stone because you can also use them as uh, sort of triggered decks as well if you're presenting live. Totally. Oh, wow. I've seen some really great presentations done in Prezi. It's pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. People always get blown away when they see it. They go, what, what is what is this? And it's been around <laughs> for, you know, at least five, six years at this point. But uh, yeah. they've really they've really doubled down on a lot of content now. So it is very cool. And then I'd and say the, the other tool that I've been using a ton and that I feel like people don't really know about or don't know how to put it to use is Feedly. Uh, because back in the day, we all had, you know, Google Reader, and then they got rid of that platform. But still, if you are somebody who reads a lot of blog content, in particular, you know, you don't want to have to go out to somebody's website to see if there's a new blog post, because inevitably there isn't. And so then you've wasted a bunch of time. So I started using Feedly just to organize all of the feeds I wanted to read, especially because I was reading stuff for clients. I was reading things for myself about marketing. I was also trying to collect uh, recipes because I do a weekly recipe roundup for the blog. So I started using it like that. 
Um, but now with their new capabilities, it is a tool that I use with clients when I'm doing content curation for social media, because you can be putting in your Twitter searches, you can be monitoring hashtags, you can be doing all that stuff and organizing it um, all through the same platform. So that instead of having to send them a bunch of emails or send them to different places to see things you've put together, you can literally have this really lovely interface where you say, here's the content that I think we might want to share. And then they can, you know, pick and choose and move it into the to be published category. And then you're, you know, on your way. And it's just, it's so nice to not have to look for all of the notifications or log into four platforms in order to see, you know, oh, have the executives for this team tweeted anything? Was the company mentioned? And to find all the industry resources all at once. It's awesome. Nice. I like it. Uh, and again, all these links will be in the recap. So if you go to the devmethod.com slash blog, you will find all this and probably more because we still have a little bit more time. So what, going back to creating, and it's, you know, um, guest choice, uh, what is your best tip for creating? And it can be for content or events or gadget or whatever. I don't care. Up to you. Um, Rick. Uh, thanks for picking me first because I'm going to choose the easiest answer to that question, <laughs> which is uh, strike while the iron is hot. Um, you know, my my most productive time is, is right after the coffee is kicked in in the morning. Uh, I have two really, really good hours uh, where I'm, I'm just firing on all cylinders. And then after that, it's nothing but but garbage. <laughs> uh, so, yep, uh, get get going in the morning or whenever whenever you have your peak energy of the day, that's when you should be creating. No, no question, because it's draining. It's draining. And then like if you if you come to something later on that like needs to be done and you're just kind of already spent from earlier work, uh, you're not going to do your best stuff. Absolutely. When I used to, to have my my live group, every couple months, someone would come in and ask, when is the best time to write? And I would compose myself. I got to the point where I would not laugh. <laughs> when that question is, but you have to turn it back. When is the best time for you? It could be in the morning, it could be at night, it could be in the middle of the day, but it's different from everybody. I think know thyself is is hugely important when it comes to creating. Erica, what do you think? Oh, 100%. I mean, I agree with the, that. I used to, when I had a full-time corporate job, I did all of my writing first thing in the morning too before I went to work. It was fantastic. Um, I would say, though, my tip is going to be be a digital pack rat, but be very organized about it. And for that, I use Evernote because I have the paid version. So I have Evernote um, as an app on my iMac. I have it on my Mac laptop. I have it on my iPad and I have it on my phone. So I have it on all of my devices so that if I find anything that I want to save because I want to link to it, in like some piece that I'm writing, you know, or some piece that I have not even written yet. Or if I have like a little spark of an idea, even if it's just like the opening paragraph for a blog post, I'm not going to write for months, just whatever those things are, I can create them, I can save them in Evernote, and I can file them in a way that I'll actually find them again, which means I don't have 50 million post-it notes all over my computer, which is how I used to uh, run my life before Evernote. Nice. I, I would be remiss if I did not say that I like Google Docs for that reason. 
and I just create one for each. Either it's a Brahat. Actually, I do like my monthly log, my win log. I do because that back when you used to leave the house, that way it was wherever you are. But also for every project, I like to assign a different document to, and Evernote puts them all together. So really, really good tip and tool. Uh, John, what about you? I'm going to go with the answer that no one else has, has said yet, which is uh, strike while the iron is hot. No, uh, I... Um, <laughs> I was I was going to say that uh, you really have to put yourself in your uh, in your audience's shoes. I think that it's really important to uh, to sort of go back, take a look at something that you sort of haven't looked at the delivery method of in a while. You've just been still creating content. Uh, you know, when you do it regularly, go back and sort of just take uh, sign, uh, open up an incognito tab, and visit your website. Pretend you're a first time person reading it and sort of click through and see if there are any problems, see if there are any things that aren't working, because often you'll find there's a link that's stale, you'll find uh, something that's that's added there that is that you just haven't, you don't see it with fresh eyes. So, so sort of doing that really lets you make sure that everything that you're doing is, is gonna be the most effective it possibly can be. And uh, I wanted to briefly mention on top of the uh, Evernote uh, conversation that we are having, uh, there is a platform called um, NoteJoy that I use that is much more lightweight and uh, a little bit cheaper. Uh, it also supports Markdown, which is something that I love, uh, which is a really easy syntax language because I love being able to use it to be able to organize uh, my content. And I'm the same way. I'm a huge digital pack rat with huge collections of libraries of, of content. So. Excellent. Well, this has been such a wealth of information. And what I'd like to, now we are going to transition to the goal portion of the conversation. And given that the two of you have already mentioned goals for yourself, I am going to ask um, the dual question. So what goal do you want to set for yourself? But also what goal do you want to gift to those who are tuning in, if there's one thing that they can do today to bring them a step closer to creating, what would that be? John, first of all, we need a goal from you and then a goal for you, a goal for you goal and for a goal from share. you. Okay, right. set it right. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a goal for me is to just figure out a better way that I can uh, take all the, all the great advice and information that I have for helping my clients to share their content and start and start doing that again for myself. Like I, I mentioned to you before the, the call started that I really have been taking a bit of a break. 2020 and 2021 was the exact opposite as it was for everyone else. It was a, I was incredibly busy working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week for, for eight, nine months in a row. So I've, I've, I sort of took a step back and it's time for me to to, to sort of double back down and to get back into the content creation game. Uh, and I would say that my, my sort of, um, my, my, my challenge to others, I think, or my goal to others is just start. Uh, don't, um, don't set yourself a really aggressive schedule. It's way better as, as, as anyone who posts to YouTube says, it's better to be regular than it is to be, you know, um, irregular and all over the place. If you only want to commit to doing one, um, one post a month, hold yourself to that. Um, and, and do, and do, and keep that regularity going. 
and just uh, and there's nothing wrong with writing and just keeping it ready to spool out at a at a later date. Excellent. So, Erica, you can choose a new goal for yourself or an additional one, or go with what you said before. And also, what goal do you want to to gift to our audience? Well, I'm going to keep the previous goal because it's something that's really important because it's the specific video content I want to do is related to my food blog. And it's something that I wish that I'd had video content around and that there still isn't. So it's like, I need to get off my butt and just do it. So thank you for gifting me that, John. I will just start and not worry (laughs) about it not being perfect because of course I'm like, it's going to be kludgy. I don't know anything about video. Blah. Fine. I'm just going to do it. Okay. Um, But what I would gift to people kind of goes back to how I've spent this past week, you know, putting together all these presentations. Well, I'm actually an introvert and it's terrifying to stand on a stage in front of people. And yet I pitch myself to do these things because it's always a good experience after I've done it. So I'd say, find that thing that you always dreamed of doing that's really frightening and pitch yourself for it, even though you're like, I'm so not ready. They won't want me. I mean, I remember the first time I put in a speaker, um, a speaker pitch for Content Marketing World, and then they picked me. And as I explained it to my horror, they picked me and then I had to go do it. And I was terrified. I had an asthma attack on stage and had to just drink some water and calm down. Okay. Horrifying. But you know what? Nobody laughed. Nobody laughed at me. Instead, everybody was like that much more invested in me actually getting through. And they're like, you did great. You might pass out. <laughs> you're like, you did great. We thought you might keel over from that asthma attack, but you did fantastic. So, you know, just go, you know, apply for that really scary thing because you might get it and you'll learn something. You might learn that you hate doing those things, but that's okay too. Done is better than perfect, I think is one of my favorite phrases and a common theme because you can only be in your head so much. Totally. And and if Rick hadn't just asked, there may have been no zombies in Michigan. We (laughs) don't know. That's true. So, Rick, do you want to um, edit or repeat or change your goal for or add to your goal for you? Or what do you think? Sure. Well, first of all, John, you kind of stole mine. So thanks for that. Um, But (laughs) uh, this actually kind of dovetails with with what both of you said. And that was some absolutely great advice. Um, My goal for myself, and it uh, also dovetails with this about getting out of the house, is to just now, now that I've sort of forced myself into a semi-retirement, is to sort of figure out how I want to spend uh, you know, the back nine, uh, you know, I'm 52 years old. So I, I feel like I'm, I'm now playing the back nine, as they say. And I just, I need to figure out what that looks like. I thought I was going to be doing the same kind of career forever. And well, <laughs> hey, look at that. There's a great book I can get uh, that's called Your Goal Guide. And that's going to have all the answers for me. Uh, it's sold where all fine books are sold. And I'm going to pick one up immediately uh, after the show. Um, but <laughs> the, the, go- the suggestion I would have for people uh, sort of again, like what John said, is to just just take that first step. And I'll, I'll use a real world actual example from today. Um, you know, I'm starting this my this Deal Secrets uh, little enterprise of mine, and I know that TikTok is the place to be for that sort of thing right now. Uh, some people are already doing it and they're killing it, and I'm thinking like, God, I just I, I I really need to be doing that, and I'm just like 
you know, it's hard. It's this is intimidating. I know it's a lot of work to do that. And I thought, okay, there's one step I can take today, and that's to create a, a, a Deal Secrets TikTok account. I can do that. Okay, I can take that little step, and I did. I created the account. Now that's done. Now I'm on the path. I have taken a step. It was that was not hard. Um, so I'm going to chip away at this a little by little to get to where I need to go, rather than just sitting and thinking, "Oh my God, this is too much." There's, there's, I can't be Isaac. I get, oh my, it's too much, too much. Uh, little steps at a time, and I'll chip away, and I'll get there. So you created TikTok account, so now you have to create the ticks and the talks. Exactly. <laughs> yep. What goal are you gifting to other people? Uh, so that that's it is to is to just take the little baby steps um, the, to don't be intimidated by the whole just, you know, I heard a great piece of advice the other day. I think it was on TikTok that like if you think like uh, you're supposed to go out and get your exercise for the day, you're supposed to go for a run. And it's like, oh, I can't do I can't go run for 30, 40 minutes. I just it's too much. I can't. But could you run for five minutes? Well, OK, yeah, I could run for five minutes. So I'm going to go out the door and I'm going to run for five minutes. And I, it's like, if I'm done, then I'm done. But chances are good. I'll keep running. And that's exactly what this is. If I, if I take the five minutes to set up the TikTok account, chances are good. I'll go on to the next thing. Excellent. So actually, all three of your goals work together. It starts somewhere and do the thing that scares you and take the baby steps. So you're, we you're all do a book. My God, we are geniuses. <laughs> Well, th and this is why I like doing these episodes because I bring these people together and you don't, most of the time, the people don't know each other. And that's kind of the point. You all are awesome. Uh, before we wrap, please tell people where they can find you, Rick. Uh, so same link as I mentioned before, um, the review newsletter. Uh, I'm on Twitter at My Deal Secrets uh, and Facebook, just straight up Deal Secrets. Uh, so that's the best place to find me right now. Excellent. Soon on TikTok. <laughs> Soon on TikTok. Okay. And Erica, where can people find you? Easiest place is Twitter. So for everything content marketing related, it's at SF Erica. And for everything gluten-free baking related, it's at Erica Gluten-Free. Perfect. And John, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me at my links at the top of uh, the page, uh, LinkedIn at Engage the Asset or Engage the Asset on Twitter. And uh, yeah, I'd love to just, uh, if people also want to want to fire up uh, bookme.theasset.ca, I'm happy to uh, toss them a free half hour and uh, get to know them better. I'm really excited to help other people uh, just sort of get better at what they do. Fantastic. Well, you've all been super generous with your time and your knowledge, and thank you so much. And I'm at The Dev Method everywhere. You can learn more about me at thedevmethod.com, and you can grab a copy of your goal guide at your favorite place to buy books. Thank you all so much for chiming in. Real quick speed round. Final thought, Erica. Um, well, I'm just looking at my adorable puppy, and I was just going to say, if you need more adorable puppies in your life, he is on Instagram at Coupo the Frenchie. Excellent. And everyone should be inviting their pets to all video calls. That's my big, that's my big advice. Bring your pets. Okay, I think I'm gonna have to get a pet just so I could bring my pet to my live shows. John, final thought? Uh, I think just uh, what what Rick started with, and I still can't go get, get out of my head, which is again, strike while the iron is hot. Like, don't wait, just get started. Excellent. And Rick, final thought to you. 
Uh, what John just said. Yep, yep. He, what he said about what I said, that is, that's it. Yeah, perfect. Excellent. Well, thank you all so much for sharing your knowledge. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, watching, listening. Um, just remember, whatever you want to create, it's all up to you. Remember, you can do it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.